0: Hello, hello. You found us once again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. We have a multitude of topics to get to today. The first is the California recall. The next is the kerfuffle between France, Australia, and Britain, and the United States, and the terrible drone attack that took place we were told was an ISIS-K loyalist who turned out to be just an aid worker for a United States charity. I'm going to talk about a film called Best Seller. All right, then.
1: I saw something else. I saw Happy Accidents, the Bob Ross film that Melissa McCarthy and her husband did, the documentary on...
0: On Bob Ross, the artist?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you about that. Okay. Okay.
0: I'd love to hear about that. So, The Recall... Like I said, I'm not sure that there's anything new to say about it, except that it may be a bellwether of things to come. I think that the greatest gift Gavin Newsom got was having Larry Elder join in and float to the top of the candidates. I guess in the end, it worked to his advantage, right? I think it really did because he was... Because of the kooky factor? Because of the very Trumpy factor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he could say that Trump is gone, but Trumpism is alive and well. I guess there's a lot that you could say about the fact that it was such an overwhelming victory on the part of Newsom. Right.
1: Even in some of the redder parts of the state. Is the, that right? The no vote was it may not have won completely, but it got a good percentage in some of the counties that are very red.
0: You know, in Orange County he won. Orange
1: County's changing in San Diego County too. Oh, yeah? Used to be much more right-wing than it is now.
0: I guess I knew that that was true about San Diego, too. They're both changing.
1: Anywhere near the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that is. I don't know.
0: I've heard that it's not that people wanted Gavin Newsom, they just didn't want a Republican. It wasn't so much a vote for Gavin Newsom as it was against the, the alternative. 46. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, people are saying that it is evidence that a pro-vaccine mm. policy mm. has political value and people will respond to it. So that's good news, maybe for Biden and for Democrats all around. Can
0: you spin that out a little bit more, the pro-vaccine part of it?
1: The majority of voters support mandatory vaccines and mandatory masking, even though the folks who oppose it get a lot of press time, a lot of camera time. So part of why people were behind Newsom, even though he hasn't been as super popular throughout his administration so far, is that people really feel strongly about that. I think we talked about it before, about the impatience of the pro-vaccine crowd towards the anti-vaccine. And so there's value in terms of Democrats getting votes to the stance that most Democrats have taken in state offices and nationally. So it's almost like there's a market for rational thinking, thought.
0: <laughs> I guess that bodes well for Biden. If yeah, the, um, so that's if the, the point they're making.
1: Really mm-hmm. make a difference in that. Right. And you say more and more the Republican Party, for whatever reason, has allied itself with Trumpism, if not Trump himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was that story this week about Gonzalez in Ohio, was mm-hmm. it? Ohio, that he's That's not right. going to run. He's a Republican who voted for impeachment. Yeah. And he was very outspoken about what's happening. He to said the Trump's at cancer and he's
0: going to do everything he can to see that he's not reelected.
1: Right. And so another story I read said that his quitting, not that he himself caused it, but it's a symptom of that they're doubling down on MAGA. Yeah. And it could Hurt them. The
0: reality of the election is that it was 40,000 votes. It's the electoral votes that we really are up against, not so much the actual votes, but the electoral votes. So we won by 40,000 votes in Georgia and oh. Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, I think. Okay. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like now it was only 10 months ago, but now Pennsylvania has this audit. Oh, they're going to do doing an too. Audit thing too. But they're doing something more than what Georgia was doing. For Arizona. Looking for, or Arizona. Uh, I'm sorry, that Arizona was doing. Yeah. Mm. They're looking at driver's license numbers. Oh, my gosh. And social security numbers. Mm-hmm. And so that's really something. I don't know that they can get away with that, with mm-hmm. finding out that kind of personal information.
1: Right. It's the allowed is private. Well, even if that's allowed for tracing that one person made one vote, it will work to our advantage because there was no voter fraud. No,
0: there wasn't. There wasn't any. And there wasn't any in Maricopa County in Arizona right, exactly, either.
1: Exactly. I did do a prank call this week to Karen Fan <laughs> in, in oh Arizona. My. And I just left a message and I just said, it's Michael Lambert. And I wasn't sure if there's been a report issued yet about the audit of the electoral votes in Maricopa. Could you let me know if the results are posted anywhere? Did you leave your number? Yeah.
0: Oh, good. I don't think that anything's come of it.
1: I don't know. It's been six months, I think, now. <laughs> they were supposed to do it in one month? Yes. Well, it's something ninjas. Tech ninjas? What's oh, yeah. Really the- Cyber ninjas. Cyber
0: ninjas. That's who it is. Well, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so maybe there's some cause for hope for 2022, even.
0: I think there might be. I think the Newsome thing gave mm-hmm. people confidence that there-, there may be a groundswell of support for
1: Democrats.
0: Right. But then we're going to be gerrymandered. That's so, true. That's true. So that's badly. A lot to overcome. But
1: maybe the voting rights bill will pass and that will help with some of that.
0: I heard today that Biden has something up his sleeve when it comes to, to voting get that rights. that Yeah. Somebody who was on Twitter said that someone who was in the White House, I mean, he, I guess, has been right enough times, and, mm-hmm. and that he thinks that Biden has something up his sleeve mm-hmm. with Mansion and Cinema that's going to persuade them.
1: Oh, I hope so, because I read one article. I just read the headline, and I couldn't go any further. (laughs) It said Biden bombs with Manchin. You know, he has this meeting with him, and Manchin came out with the same position that he went in with.
0: Yeah. But But maybe
1: that's all cosmetics. Maybe there's stuff going on in the background we don't know about.
0: I think that there's so much going on in the background that we don't know about Mm -hmm. that it's impossible to have a sense of what's actually taking place. Maybe even Manchin,
1: maybe he's just posturing himself so that he can build credibility with his conservative voters in West Virginia
0: didn't he have some sort of a bill that he was putting forward that was less restrictive than the John
1: Lewis bill, but somehow... Voting? Yeah. Oh, and I,
0: I kind of miss the details
1: of that. Yeah. I don't know. I know there's been permutations of it and that it doesn't have all the teeth that maybe an original proposition had, mm-hmm. but I heard one person list the things it does do and they're really good. I mean, it just guarantees that male voting is permitted. It, oh, good. it guarantees that drop boxes are just guarantees common sense voting stuff. Well, what I
0: read was that the Democrats in the Senate were going to let him run with it Mm -hmm. because they were sure it would be defeated just to show him that he would never get any Republicans to sign on to it. Oh,
1: that's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that theology about bipartisanship. Blow out your candles, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to Google that and find out what I'm talking about. (laughs)
0: Um, So, France. Oh, France. France and submarines. Yeah. It's It's a a, a fiasco. It's a cri de (laughs) Cour. Yeah, that's
1: a good one. It's a fiasco. Yeah. So, I guess there had been this deal that France was making with Australia to provide submarines.
0: It was for $66 billion. It was
1: big. And I guess they had gone over budget and they'd gone over time on fulfilling it, but the deal was still ostensibly in place. yes.
0: And it was for diesel-powered... Oh, right. As um, opposed to nuclear?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So then Biden and Australia announced this sale of American and UK submarines to Australia And France was like, what the fuck? Because (laughs) they had this deal in place. Yes. And they have withdrawn their ambassador. And they are really pissed and doing more dramatic things than they've done. It said in the paper that even they were against us when we went into Iraq. But they didn't go this far with those objections. Well,
0: both Britain and France were very upset with the U.S. for the way we withdrew. Mm -hmm. Britain especially, because they felt that they had just done it unilaterally and I guess they had British soldiers there as okay. well. I think that there were French soldiers. I'm not
1: 100% sure about that. Mm-hmm. So they were already a little Pete. leery of us.
0: Yes, they yeah. were not happy. Yeah. The geopolitical aspect of it is that there have been things that have been going on in the Red China Sea. Right. And China, they're being very aggressive. Right. And they have claimed it as their own. And it's actually, I believe, an international territory. Water- territory. Yeah. This really has to do with China Mm -hmm. and the US and having Australia be there Mm -hmm. as a bulwark against China being aggressive, as they have been. And these nuclear-powered submarines are apparently quieter, and they wouldn't alert China's submarines or boats or military or whatever the hell they have going on there. And that's why Biden, I guess, leapt at the chance to upgrade. So... Australia was the one that was getting a little panicked, Mm -hmm. saying these things are going to be obsolete by the time they're completed because they're so overscheduled. I guess what happened was, as Francis Callier would say, during the G7 that took place in Cornwall, Boris Johnson approached Biden Mm -hmm. and talked to him about this deal. Right. And that's how the whole thing got started. Mm -hmm. I think that the thing that was done was that Australia just didn't even give a peep to France that they were thinking about reneging on the deal. Right. And I don't know how far along France was, how much money they had sort of... Well, they're
1: saying what they're angry about is that they were not consulted or brought into the conversation at all. And... It looks like oh, the Americans and Australians made a terrible faux pas because they didn't think to include France, since France had this deal in progress, in process. But I, I can't imagine, as horrible as it seems to be from a relationships with our allies standpoint, they had to have been excluded on purpose. Could it just be an oversight? It's, just, it's hard it's to imagine so that Anthony Lincoln of, would just go, oh well, yeah, yeah, just yeah, let's and forget you have about all France. These professional staff people that work on this yeah. stuff that would seem to just intuitively know that you can't just hmm. cancel out a deal without talking to the party that you're canceling. It's like firing yeah. somebody. You got to at least tell them they're fired. But there might have been a reason for that. I have this funny feeling it might have partly to do with Brexit and England's stance in the world after Brexit because England's thrilled that we've done this deal. Yes. And they're part of it. And maybe it Partly, I think the main issue is the one you've laid out about the technology, but maybe too, they wanted to somehow strengthen England's or the UK's status in the international arena after they did this crazy Brexit that made them look weak and weird.
0: I think that's true. I don't know that Biden and Macron have much of a relationship. Mm -hmm. It feels to me like they don't really, but they're going to have an election soon and Marine Le Pen is she's still at it she's still at it damn it's been like she's 50 still, years i know i know and her father and everything mm-hmm. was also such a right-wing coup. yeah but She's softened her stance and her policies, so they're worried that that's going to appeal to more people if they're upset with Macron, mm. and Macron is concerned because he's going to look weak to his people. Oh, because of
1: this deal. falling yeah. through. Yes. Way it did. Well, I don't know. I, I would think it might rally his people because they'd be so mad at us that they might rally behind maybe, him. Maybe. It's you know? possible.
0: I think that Macron is the kind of person that everybody wants to throw the blame on him.
1: <laughs> the people I know in France, I don't know too many, but the ones I know are more of the progressive persuasion and they can't stand Macron. Yeah,
0: no, because he's such a mixed bag. It's like his policies, some are liberal, some are conservative. He's very
1: pro-corporation. Yeah. yeah. He's probably like Romney. He believes that corporations oh, are people. That's
0: probably right. He wasn't for the people when the vest thing happened. He he didn't treat them very well. And, and the whole thing with the Muslim thing, now he's taking a hard stance against Muslims because...
1: Mm. Well, that'll keep Le Pen in her corner. He's quarter. doing it because yeah. of Le Pen. Yeah, yeah. So the mm. whole thing is a big hairy mess. I'm going to have to go back there and help.
0: You need a few more prank <laughs> phone calls in France.
1: <laughs> I need to just go to France and, and help. I need to be helpful. Yes, we do.
0: What else do we have to talk about?
1: The, it's sad and depressing, but the Afghanistan news is, it's huge news. Which that part of it? You covered it already. Or you said we would talk about it. The drone strike that ended up killing oh, civilians oh, the drone strike, and seven yeah. children. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really bad news. Tragic. The
0: the remarkable thing is that Lloyd Austin apologized for it. I don't know who that is. He's the Secretary of Defense. Oh, okay. He apologized for it. He said we were wrong, and we were shown that we were
1: wrong by
0: the New York Times. Yeah. Which is...
1: Amazing. I did read that, that the CIA had the information that their target was the wrong target, but the timing oh. was such that by the time they were able to tell it to defense, oh, the, they knew the instructions were already in place for, oh, for no. the missile to go. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: So do you want to just encapsulate what this story was?
1: Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I don't know if I get it exactly right, but we did this drone strike as we were doing the exit from Afghanistan Af- killed
0: after that suicide bombers oh that's right killed the people that's at right this so was retaliation
1: and and Biden made that threatening comment we'll come after you and yeah, so definitely. we were told that an ISIS K unit was bombed by a drone strike and you know it was all like look how great we are we did this great thing and then it turns out not only did that not happen but something really horrible did happen yeah. our-
0: and this was a worker who was a bachelor living with his three married brothers mm. All he did was basically work as an engineer for this one California nonprofit. Right, an NGO. Yeah. What? The things that they thought were fuel mm-hmm. or were going to be used for the attack were actually water. Oh god. That he was taking and he yeah. he got off track because he didn't actually own a car but the entity that mm-hmm. he was working for did have a car right. for his use and he was asked to pick up something or somebody and right. that got him on the path and the seven children. It's just awful. Afghanistan is just lost to us. Yeah. It's it's lost to the Afghanis.
1: Right. And it was never one to us to begin with. Yeah. We left where we started. Yeah,
0: that's very true. But they had said at one point that women would be included in the government. And that's not happening. And there's a building called the Ministry of Women Mm -hmm. or Women's Affairs that had health and places for women who had been victims of domestic violence. There was a shelter there for them. Mm -hmm. It was about women's affairs in right at least in kabul maybe in afghanistan yeah. in general and the taliban just came and took it over for right. their government offices i guess it's what it would have been if we had never gone in there in the first place mm-hmm. or maybe it's worse i don't know uh, yeah
1: who knows we could have um, galvanized the extremists by just by our presence
0: yes that's true And that's the
1: tragedy of it. Well,
0: Well, should we go on to entertainment? Yeah,
1: let's talk about TV.
0: I heard on Film Week, on KPCC's film program, that there was this movie called Best Seller. It stars Michael Caine and Aubrey Plaza, two people I'm very interested in. And they raved about it. Well, I watched it and it's very good the thing about watching a film like this it's a young woman who's the head of a publishing house that her father left her and she needs a book by a major writer and this guy is kind of a joseph heller in that he had one huge book at one time or like catching the rye salinger thank Hallinger? you <laughs> jd salinger who wrote a book at one time that was a massive earth-shaking it was hit a juggernaut exactly but yeah. but has not published oh. In the meantime, right, and her idea is that if she can just get this irascible hermit to write one book because she looks at the contracts and realizes that the publishing house is owed a book by this mm. writer, oh, okay. then she might have a chance at saving this publishing house that's going down the tubes very quickly. Michael Caine is as irascible as we've ever seen him. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised he's still around. He's actually, he did a really good job. Mm. The acting in it is very good. The, the writing is very good. There's nothing about it that isn't a B plus. Mm-hmm. It's just that it didn't move me.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the story was well structured, but something was missing in the maybe in the relationship or in the characters themselves.
0: A little something is missing. It isn't so much the chemistry. I think that their chemistry is good. It's that there's a distance to it. Moments that I felt really let the movie down was when this young woman has a plan to have people read parts of his books. He won't read his book mm-hmm. at the, on these tours and people want him to read it, he won't oh. read it. But you don't get the sense from the readings that it's about a relationship. Right. You just get the sense that it's about ideas. Yeah. And that doesn't pluck at my heartstrings right. at all. Right, If it was something like Sophie's Choice, something like that that was being read that would be tremendous
1: oh but it, right they, they the book itself that yes. they Center it on yes i get it yes okay that yes. it's something
0: that people are ravenous Visually to read, enough. that they feel it's palpable for them. Right, right. And that didn't come through. Oh, so without that piece, I felt like it just wasn't the object of the amount
1: of attention. Right, because it hadn't people on that emotional level. Yes. Oh, that's a great observation. The readings from it just left me. So flying. it's like the, char- the character who was underdeveloped <laughs> was the book.
0: Yes, exactly. Ding ding ding. Yes. So that's all I have to say about that. I was really looking forward to it. I paid six ninety nine on Amazon Prime to watch it. Yeah. And gosh darn it, film week let me down.
1: Oh. They all do that. It's one person's opinion. Great night. Exactly. Great reviews. Yeah, they will do that. It wasn't them, but someone on NPR was saying how much she liked Nine Perfect Strangers.
0: Oh, really?
1: Anyway, (laughs) we talked about that already. (laughs) No need to rehash that. Well, I saw this movie on Bob Ross. I want to look up the exact title. It's called Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. And it's on Netflix. And it's a documentary about the PBS landscape artist teacher. Teacher, yeah. Um, We always would make fun of him because he was so sort of zen. He's just this gentle man. He goes, Oh, look, we're going to put a little bush right here. A little bush wants to live right here. And you (laughs) don't have to put it there. You can put it over here. You can put a tree right there. That's the beauty of this. You can do whatever you want. Now, I think a little tree wants to live right here. And it's remarkable to watch him because he has this technique. Aside from his persona. He's got this brush technique that he makes it look so easy and I'm sure it takes practice. But he hits the canvas with a few little quick bats of a brush and suddenly there's a tree there with leaves and dimension and depth huh. and color and everything. So technically he was really interesting because he could really do this.
0: I have to interrupt you for just one second to, yeah.
1: to tell you what
0: I thought his gimmick was. Okay. I never watched him. I knew about something him. about him. Yeah. But I thought what he did was color by numbers. I thought that he sold these color by numbers things and then did them live on camera. No,
1: No, he didn't do that. (laughs) He really painted. And his whole thesis was anyone can do this. And he had this great philosophy of like talent is a myth. And it all has to do with desire and practice, what you want to try. Okay. And so he proved that and he did it. But obviously he had innate talent. Anyway, he was on a television program locally in the Midwest somewhere. And he started to catch on. And this couple from Chicago sort of latched onto him and became his business side. They managed his brand. But he was always the person on camera. Over time, they took advantage of him financially. And they were able to start to get control of his brand, his image, his name, products that they were making. They want to make more money off of him. And he was included in this, but it was really their brainchild. They came out with Bob Ross brushes and Bob Ross paints and Bob Ross palettes and all this merchandise you could get. Oh, wow. Anyway, his personal life was sad because he had a a wife and and a kid. They interview his son a lot. There was a lot of exploitation of him. Financially, And his wife got cancer, then he got cancer, and the Kowalskis, I think, was their name. They managed to get him and his son to sign documents as he was on his deathbed. That made it so after he died, they would get all the profits from his name and his products and his image. So it's really a sad story, but it's also fascinating because you see this man who was really pure. He was really about this mission of teaching Mm -hmm. people to paint. He had this gentle voice and this persona, and he knew what he was doing. He was wise. The people who knew him, they interview and they say, no, he was the real deal. That's what you saw was really what he was like. But it just shows you that even in PBS land, it it would be like finding out that Mr. Rogers had been totally fucked financially by his producers. Oh, dear. You know, so it's interesting. And he's just a compelling, interesting person, which is by itself kind of surprising because his on-screen presence is a little boring. That was part of his charm was that he was this kind of understated, mealy-mouthed little guy. Oh, look, a little bush wants to live here. Oh, there's a tree. But I thought it was really well done.
0: When he created his art, was it something that you looked at and said, oh, an artist did this?
1: You would. You would look at a, a landscape he did. There was a little bit of a sameness to them because he had this technique. But, you know, most artists, I guess, have a style that identifies it. It's a very generic look. It's not anything that's going to make it into a museum or that's groundbreaking or right. really plays with the form of painting. It's It's not art in that sense. But it's art in the sense that it's, representational art that is pleasing. And he did teach thousands of people in workshops to do it. How long did this show last I think he started in the 80s and went up. He lasted 15 years or so.
0: And was his entire show, just each time he was on camera, he Mm -hmm. painted a different landscape? Yes.
1: That was part of his thing, was... In the space of his half hour, he would complete a painting each time. There was never like, oh, we're going to come back to this next week and (laughs) fill in the sky. He would do the wash on the canvas, and he would do the whole landscape and while talking. And he would complete a whole painting. And he was brilliant wow. at it. But they show these workshops, and then they trained people to also go out and do what he did. It's just so interesting that someone so milquetoast has this story of treachery that's all around him.
0: Was there no recourse for any of these people? Because these contracts they, they, were they signed? They were legally...
1: Yeah, the contracts were signed. Wow. The son got almost nothing from his estate. And nothing of the profits that the business continues to make. Because they're still selling Bob Ross paints and Bob Ross brushes. I
0: know. They're in Blick. I Are mean, they? I saw it. I yeah. saw that there was a display. Yeah,
1: and the son doesn't get anything from them. Oh, that sucks. This couple and their children in Chicago get everything. Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting story. He got um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. One of his friends they interviewed thinks, but it's just one person's opinion, one thing he did, he loved oh, to yes. clean his brushes. Yes, I he read would, about he that. he would slap them on the, side of, on the leg of the easel, and he would do that on every show and get the paint off the brushes after dipping them in turpentine. So his friends thinks that it was inhaling the fumes all that turpentine for
0: some reason i remember that being discussed yeah Yeah. that's very tragic yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: well it's that time again here we go on our merry way (laughs) our boomer time is over so it's time to say goodbye bye-bye boomers bye folks stay in a week bye-bye